I'm Dawn Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And you're in the Transporter Room International Edition. We are Interplanetary Intergalactic, and this week we are coming to you from America and Italy. Carly, tell us about our special guests. Our guest is somebody you're going to be hearing a lot of. Um, Valentina Petrello is a sprinter in Italy. She's a Paralympian, she's trans, and she's looking to not only be the first transgender, perhaps the first transgender Paralympic competitor in the history of the Paralympic Games, she is aiming to be the first Italian sprinter to win an Olympic or Paralympic gold medal since the great Pietro Menea did it in Mo won the 200 meters in Moscow in 1980. Also joining us is Elisa Marighetti, Italian film documentary filmmaker. Currently has a film that's out there that's out there right now that is doing quite well in the documentary set, and now working on a documentary to go to put some to chronicle this quest towards Tokyo 2021. Bienvenuti, Eliza, bienvenuti, Valentino. Welcome to the transport room. Thank you so much. Come stai? Bene, bene. Bene. In good shape. As I said before, we started, my Italian consists of the following, spaghetti, linguine, fettuccine, lasagna, that's pretty much it. But we have Elisa here, to, Elisa is going to translate for us. And Carly, I would like, if you don't mind, to ask the first question. Go right ahead. Valentina, why is it that you've decided that this is the proper way for you to live? Tell us about being transgender. She decided to go into transition after years of fighting against herself and not understanding what was the problem. As a sports person, it was a very big decision, a very important and difficult decision because she knew that starting the transition, sports performances that she was having as a man before would drop with the transition would go badly, you know. It hasn't seemed to be they're gone too badly because you're on a fast track to Tokyo, but talk about what, what sprinting has meant to you. Uh, what, have, what has it meant to not only to still be, be able to continue to be fast, even through the transition, distance, even with the struggles, but also at age 46, you're running some very competitive times. Talk about what it's meant to still be competitive, still be fast, even with everything, even with everything that's going on in your life. So sprinting for her and running is, is life for her. And uh, since she has a sight impairment, she has problems with her sight. And knowing that uh, she has two good legs that will help her carry her around and run very fast is a very good thing for her. So to move around, she cannot drive a car, so she uses public transport, but uh, uh, the fact of knowing that she can also walk anywhere for 10 or 20 kilometers uh, makes her a free person. Can I ask what does her disability mean for her outside of athletics? So she had uh, realized that she had a visual impairment at 14 years old. Up until 14 years old, she was seeing well. And so that was a big trauma for her at that time. 
and uh, she tried to lead a normal life as much as possible and she had a very good support from her parents who helped her through this illness also it seems they've also given you support through your transition what has it meant for you to have your family along on this journey as well allora um... So the family is very important because uh, she is married to a woman and uh, the transition started uh, during the marriage, in fact, so her, his, her wife is very supportive and this is not normal because she said her wife married a man and now she's with a woman, so that's uh, important to be able to be so flexible. I know what that's like because I was married to a woman and we split. She believes that 99% uh, of, of the stories uh, might end up in this way, but um, her, her wife will be the, the most uh, important love of her life. Would you tell us about Lorenzo and how Lorenzo has reacted and what does Lorenzo call you? Lorenzo, which is like daddy. <laughs> same, same. He's, uh, the, the Lorenzo is usually asking for uh, a dad as a male, not as a dad that is female. So she's saying that, that this is how she is and she prefers to be honest with her son and that uh, she hopes that in the future uh, Lorenzo will not, uh, you know, feel uh, resentful that uh, he had a, a father who's a, a woman and not a father who's a man. So she chose to be honest with, with her son. Well, quante anni? Five. Valentina, how, how have you managed to balance workout, family, with the continuing coronavirus crisis that Italy's under right now? So it was hard for her to manage because she tried to go out when possible to run and to continue training, but as uh, visually impaired, it's difficult for her to run in the streets. She's afraid to, you know, uh, hurt herself. Last year in August, in fact, she had a problem with her ankle. She broke her ankle for an accident like that. So. So during lockdown, during lockdown, the whole uh, sportive uh, centers were closed, so it was impossible for her really to train very well because she's uh, a runner and a sprinter and she needs the, the track, you know, to, and uh, certain kind of shoes to run on the track. So, yeah, she tried to go out to run anyway. Uh, in any case and for three times for three times she found the police outside who told her to go back home and that she couldn't run uh, you know so at home she could have done a little bit more uh, but in uh, she's kind of lazy she says she's lazy so during the lockdown she actually gained um, eight kilos which is about uh, around 16 pounds something like that oh i've got her beat <laughs> <laughs> I saw in your film that you try and uh, practice at home and there's only so much space in which you practice. But the thing that I really came away with, and I know this film is not yet out, so Carly and I had a sneak peek. Did you notice that people seem to look at you and stare at you 
And I don't know if the blindness keeps you from having to see that, but I was wondering what you think about when people look at you. Does it make you nervous or are you just oblivious to it? She feels the, the gaze of other people on the, her skin, but she doesn't see the other people looking at her clearly, you know. So this is a big advantage. And it was especially in the beginning when she was not feeling sure of herself, not seeing other people. So when she watched that uh, small part of that uh, trailer that you saw, she was able to see better the face of the judge and she just went, oh my God, they're really looking at me in a, in a strange way, yeah. Well, we get that whether you're sighted or not. Um, it, it's, it takes some getting used to, but um, it's all about being confident. Confidence, we say, is 99% of being trans. With that in mind, look at the, talking about just the situation as far as getting the governing bodies on board with you. Why do you feel there's been some resistance to allowing you to compete authentically, given that you are eligible by all the rules, yet they're not letting you compete with women? What are your thoughts on that? She thinks that uh, the people who have to decide are afraid, are afraid to show a man uh, in this situation running with women uh, they don't know what it's uh, the, the the situation they don't uh, you know they're not aware exactly what we're talking about that was obvious in the film too in a little snippet you go to get your 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 bib and obviously your body reflects a woman your face is made up like a woman your outfit is of a woman and yet the woman at the table called you sir. Her documents uh, say that she is a man and uh, that's obviously against her, her feelings. She feels like a woman. She doesn't need the documents to know that she's a woman. And uh, so that's part of the problem. At one point last year though, you did get to compete in a race that was out of season but you did get to compete against other women. What was that like for you to be validated as who you are and be able to show it on the track? She says that it was a very beautiful uh, feeling and that it was great. She did the running two races. One, uh, the first one, she was very nervous, so it wasn't as great, but the second race was wonderful feeling. And especially when they asked her what uh, race was she going to run in, and she could say, I'm going to run in the 200 uh, women. That is a great feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, una bella sensazione. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Another great feeling about being a girl like us is being able to choose your name. I'd like to know the story of how did you choose your name, Valentina? Allora, ero a Milano, okay, it's not ero really con, the first name that she chose, because the first name that she chose was Vanessa. But then she was in Milan with her wife. The Vanessa, <clears throat> the first name that she chose represents her first transition period, when she was really uh, dressing, dressing up, you know. Uh, yeah, Cross-dressing. Cross-dressing, cross exactly. 
Uh, the first name that she chose didn't represent her anymore because she had gone through, you know, a certain stage and she was uh, having lunch with the, her wife and she asked her wife to help her choose an, a new name for her. Niente, abbiamo, abbiamo selezionato... Well, two names are in, up uh, for the final uh, choice and the one was uh, Julia and the other one was Valentina and then the two of them together chose for this one. So it was a... Uh, <laughs> democratic uh, process. <laughs> <laughs> Me choosing my name was a complete total dictatorship. It was my choice. <laughs> But looking at one thing, one thing, speaking of that term democratic, you found, you found a lot of support in community, especially from an organization such as Grupo Trans. How important has it been For, to have that level of support, not just as an athlete, just, but also as an individual person. Al gruppo trans. February 2018, she went to Gruppo Trans for the first time. She didn't feel confident herself about trans people. She, had, she was a little bit wary. Because up until that moment, for her to be trans woman meant was equal to being a prostitute. So... She had Perché io solo quello avevo visto nella vita. She had only seen that aspect in her life, in, in life, you know, around. Questo è stato uno dei motivi per cui io stessa... This was also one of the reasons because she was fighting against herself, you know, against her feelings. Yeah. When she went to that meeting at Gruppo Trans, she finally saw what the right dimension was, who she wanted to be, and how normal it could be to be a trans girl, trans woman. She never perceived herself or imagined herself as one of those trans women seeing on TV with very flashy outfits and so forth. She always wanted to be a simple person, a normal person, normal woman. E da quel momento, e da quel giorno in poi, So when she went to that meeting and from then on, she found the people that could really understand her. So with the Grupo Trans, they also supported her very much on this uh, bureaucratic and legal uh, battle to be accepted in uh, women's races. And uh, hopefully this will come up very soon with an official recognition and the first official race. In America, most trans people find acceptance in most places. In the United Kingdom, it's the opposite. There's a real opposition to people who are transgender. What's it like in Italy? Is there a lot of support? prefer to um, have people more knowledgeable to answer that question because her um, dimension is a kind of a private dimension. She feels pretty much accepted now, but uh, she couldn't really uh, give you a, a definite uh, uh, view on how Italian uh, perceive trans people. Uh, it's sort of a complex uh, issue, yes. Her, her daily life is uh, kind of regular. She spends three, four hours out of the house uh, training and, and running, of course and uh, then the rest of the time she spends with her family, so she doesn't quite get it. Her experience in the sports world, though, is 
concrete and then so then she can say that the sports world is not ready to accept trans people in Italy. She had problems with her sports group previously when she started the transition so she had to change coach she had to change uh, group uh, you know so she hopes that with her story coming out and being uh, well known uh, this will help to to break up these barriers Eliza, i want to i want to ask you a question um, as far as your documentary project because you've done very artistic things your your most recent film words of fentatene is a is a look back at anti-fascist history. In fact, I can tell you right now, it's on my bookmark of films I do want to see because I know that, I know the history behind that story. I really want to see that, uh, really want to see that film. What got you interested in following this, a sports story? Well, okay, thank you for the question. Um, our company, Ethnos, has always been uh, uh, involved in uh, uh, social issues, human rights issues, we've, traveled, we've uh, worked a lot in various countries, so we're kind of uh, interested in, in many, many uh, different subjects that have to do with human rights. So when this uh, subject was proposed to us by the people of Grupo Trans, we immediately thought it was a very important subject because we recognized that there was a big issue here of uh, a person reclaiming her rights to be uh, accepted and recognized in the, the world that she wants to be to belong to and that she feels she belongs to. So that's uh, the basis of it. Plus then we met Valentina and this kind of uh, expanded even more. Our interest in, in her story became even stronger because uh, uh, we could uh, relate to her very well and we could uh, uh, really um, you know, form a personal bond. Plus, we've been uh, involved and, and in contact throughout the crisis, the, the lockdown and the coronavirus crisis. So it's been an intense uh, relationship between people who are uh, kind of curious of, of each other to find uh, a way of communicating uh, among us to tell the story. How are we going to tell this story to the world? So that's also a very interesting process. And that's uh, you know, what we're, we're working on. It's going to take a long time because it's a long story. It's a difficult story to tell. We don't know what the outcome will be, but uh, we think it's going to be a very interesting documentary and we hope it will have a social impact uh, because it will tell uh, the story of a trans woman, an Italian trans woman trying to break these barriers and to run. Uh, it's an Olympic dream and we hope it will be, become a reality also, you know. So we hope to be able to contribute to this uh, dream coming true in some way. Let's talk about that dream. Valentina, tell us what your thoughts are about Tokyo. She's actually dreaming about, <laughs> literally, you know. So she has this recurrent dream where she's running uh, the 400 meters and for the first 200 meters, she's kind of behind. She's in sixth or seventh position. And then uh, she picks up speed. And then during the final 200 meters, she runs very fast uh, up to arrive at second place. She had like a premonition. It was a story that has, was like a premonition. Uh, 
aspetta un attimo. It was a sad story, a sad personal story. It was 2017, her mother was not feeling well. She was uh, sort of on her, her deathbed, sort of. And she said, Mama, please, uh, uh, I have a dream. I want to go compete in, in the Olympics in Tokyo. Please wait, you know. Okay. E lei cosa ti ha risposto? Lei mi disse, Fabrizio, ai tempi non, non, non era ancora iniziata la mia transizione. Io, io non posso venire con te, ma sarò lì con te. She told her, uh, calling her with her male name, because the transition has not, hadn't started, she said, uh, her mother said, uh, I will not be able to be there with you physically, but I will be with you anyway. That dream, knowing your story, that dream, came from another dream that you got to see as a child. In fact, we both saw it as a child. Nineteen eighty. Moscow Olympics two hundred meter final. Give me your memories from watching that race and seeing what you saw and seeing a hero win a gold medal. Una lira sul fatto che fosse un, un velocista di quel tipo di velocista. If you looked at him uh, and his physical structure, nobody would have thought that he could be such a uh, fast running. Praticamente ha insegnato a tutti. So she doesn't feel that, that she has very strong physical, you know, characteristics uh, for, as a runner, but she has a very strong determination. And that determination is something that Menea taught to everyone with his example. So one or two days before, Menea didn't even qualify for the 100 meters. So in the, that day, on the 200 meters, he was looking for the the best result, otherwise he would have been finished his career. Mm -hmm. The coach told him that at the first uh, curve, Wells would be uh, in front of him, uh, four meters. Insomma, vivo quella giornata sempre, quando corro la vivo ancora di più. So, uh, Menea was, uh, in fact, behind Wells uh, at, the, at the first curve. He was in fourth or sixth position, she doesn't remember, but then his run and his progression uh, took over and he did that incredible result and uh, still now while telling about it she feels uh, like a goosebumps and uh, that's how she feels all the time when running she feels that same drive she thinks that the best uh, race ever won ever you know run in the, in the athletics um, even more than the world record that he had done the, here before in Mexico, Mexico City. Because in that race you really see the strength, the determination and uh, you know, the, the will to, to run and to arrive first. May I ask Valentina, what is your five-year plan? As you get older, what do you expect for your athletics and for your transition? So until last year, she was wearing a wig. So she, in, in this uh, five-year plan, she wants to improve on her physical uh, condition. And uh, last year, she had a hair transplant. And so this is... Uh, 
it's very beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, I'm jealous of your hair. Yeah, me too, because, you know, not all of us are as lucky as you. Sono geloso dei tuoi capelli. Un altro trapianto. In November, she's going to do another transplant. She also would like to have um, something done on her nose. Sono contenta qui. So it's been a year and a half since she started the transitioning. So she's kind of happy about the results so far, but especially she's happy uh, uh, mentally and she feels good in her head. Uh, so she promised to Lorenzo, to her child, that when he's going to see Papi, Daddy, uh, on TV, that's when Daddy's going to stop running. So <laughs> It might happen in a few years anyway, so you still have a lot to run. <laughs> well, I know one time when you're definitely going to be on TV. Next summer in Tokyo, after you win that gold medal, and you're in the, and you're in the broadcast center, and RAI has you on front and center, what is the outfit going to be? Mini skirt and uh, top like that. Very simple. Simple. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to go straight Gianna Nanini on that, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like, the, I like that. I Come Gianna Nanini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all jealous of your figure, so congratulations mm. on that, too, Valentina. <laughs> Alicia, Valentina, grazie. Thank you grazie. so much for part of the Transporter Room. You know, we don't need uh, any science fiction this week because we have the science fact of three trans women living their truth, being who they are. Trans women are women. And trans women are athletes. And Don, Valentina and I are going to make one out of you too. Huh. We're going to get you off the couch. Again, grazie. Grazie. Thank you so much. Thank you.